Polycystic ovarian syndrome, or PCOS, is a common but treatable condition. Stay tuned to learn how you can manage it with our guest, Dr. Efrat Lamandre. You're listening to Live Foreverish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your hosts, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gossard. All right, welcome to Live Foreverish. Um, you know, Dr. Crystal, I'm I'm happy that we're talking about this with Dr. E. She's I think the perfect guest um, um, for the topic of PCOS. Uh, just so the audience knows, she's a return guest. Her name is Dr. Efrat Lamandre. She goes by Dr. E. She's the founder of The New Method, where she empowers patients to finally realize that their symptoms are not in their head. That's a good thing. <laughs> we like that. She helps people optimize their health, prevent illness, reduce medication use. I like that too. And feel great by getting to the root cause of their illnesses. She wrote a book, It's Not in Your Head. Your body doesn't feel right, but you don't know why. In addition, she owns a primary care practice called EG Healthcare, a medical scribe company called Hawk Scribes, and an educational company, EG Prep. Dr. E, welcome to the show. And I think I already told you this before, you you make me feel like a slacker. <laughs> you, you got a lot in that bile. <laughs> I get bored easily, I guess. So. <laughs> well, welcome back. We're so happy that you could join us today. Um, Thank you. I, let's okay. So PCOS. I, I think for me, I'd love for you to kind of for our audience tell us how you describe this to your patients. Okay, that that's a great one because so many patients come into either my primary care practice or functional, and they're devastated. Right? They come in and they they just went to their GYN and they got this diagnosis PCOS and they're handed sometimes two or three medications and they're coming like, I have a disease, mm -hmm. I need to be medicated for it. And what do I do now? Like what happened to me? How did this happen to me? And what I find happens a lot is that no one actually explains what it is. And so you feel like it's this, this other thing that just happens to you. It's a very disempowering diagnosis the way it's delivered most often, <laughs> I should say. I, yes, I know. My my MD people, they're not always great at describing <laughs> things and delivering the message. I know, I know. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I, I explained to them, I said, you know, it's not like this other disease that's happening. It's really, and it's not even a GYN problem. Like, it's great that you're gynecologist and you probably went there maybe because your period was off, but it's actually not a GYN problem. Just like psoriasis is not really a skin problem. It's a system problem mm. and it's an insulin problem. And I don't know if you want me to jump into that right now, but that's that's the beginning of the conversation. And the point is to empower them to have control over it. Right. Yeah. I know. I like that. I like, you know, using the analogy of, you know, um, psoriasis and stuff like that, that there's it's more of a systemic thing going on. Right. I think that's that that begin that's a good foundation to start. Right. Educating them on, on what how, but how often do you see this? In your practice? Um, every day. <laughs> <laughs> every day there in my go. primary, yeah. <laughs> in my primary care practice, you know, people are coming in for annual visits. And so it's like, hey, do you, are you up to date with your GYN? Sure, I'm up to date with your GYN. Oh, and by the way, I was diagnosed with PCOS, right? So it happens every day. They may not come to my functional practice with PCOS, but in primary care, it's happening every single day because as, for so many people, they're going to their GYN because their period's off. They have acne, right? They have, um, you, you know, um, hair in places that they want. But it's estimated that about five to ten percent 
of women are affected by this. So it's significant, significant, which is why I'm seeing it every day. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is, right, it's a syndrome. It's a spectrum. It's not this one thing. So you could fall anywhere on the spectrum. So the spectrum has a lot of symptoms from irregular periods to um, facial hair difficulty, uh, losing weight, thinning hair in the areas that we want hair, too much hair in areas that we don't want. And you can Wait, have- That sounds like me. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> it's kind of it what I'm going through. Wrong like, sex. Wrong sex. So. It also kind of sounds like like perimenopause and, and menopausal symptoms. So I'm just wondering what what is that, what does the diagnostic process look like? That's a great question. Um, well, perimenopause, sure, but this tends to usually diagnose a little bit earlier mm -hmm. than that age group. But so the process, and now because it's a syndrome, it also, and because it's a spectrum, the diagnosis is a little difficult because you can, so there's two blood work is done and an ultrasound is done. But so let me, so you could have a positive ultrasound. Let me explain a little bit about what PCOS is. And then if, I, if you don't mind, I can go back to the testing because then you can yeah. see why sure. the testing is so confusing, right? Mm -hmm. So PCOS is this insulin problem. You have this elevated insulin and we could talk about why that happens in a moment. But one of the things that the insulin does is it tells your ovaries to release more testosterone. Testosterone is great for women. Uh, we need testosterone, but we don't need too much testosterone. So now you have this extra testosterone circulating. And what that does is messes up your ability to ovulate, to create eggs. And so those eggs can suddenly become cysts. So you can have a lot of undeveloped eggs. Those are called cysts. And that's where the name polycystic ovarian syndrome comes from. But you don't have to have those cysts to be diagnosed, right? Mm -hmm. So right. you may have an ultrasound that shows that your ovaries have a lot of cysts because you've had this testosterone going on for so long. But you may have a completely normal ultrasound because maybe your testosterone is not that elevated or you know, it hasn't done that, but it's doing other things for you. So... Even with a normal ultrasound, you can be diagnosed with PCOS. Um, sometimes your testosterone shows up elevated in blood work, but sometimes it's symptoms. Hey, my periods are not regular. I have acne. I have hair here. This is thinning. And even if your tests are normal, you can be diagnosed with that. So that is makes diagnosing it even trickier. Right. Yes. I so it's, it's uh, since we're talking about hormones though. Where does progesterone play a role too? Because if you are, if you have a lot of testosterone and you're, you're stopping ovulation and those, those are what can become the cyst and stuff, isn't progesterone also going to drop because most of the progesterone comes from, from releasing the egg. And if you don't fertilize it, that leftover, it's called a corpus luteum, whatever, but that's where a lot of progesterone comes from. So is that part of this as well? It is part of it, the, the, the link is not as direct. It is more of like a downstream problem. So now we have this ovulation problem. And so yes, now we have this progesterone problem. And, and yes, that's part of it. But it's almost like, you know, so many people will come in and say, can you test me for my hormones? So let's just say even if there is a fluctuation in hormones, it's not that we suddenly need to give you more progesterone, right? That, mm -hmm. That's not the answer. The answer is why did this happen upstream? Yeah, what happened cool. to cause this elevated testosterone, messed up ovulation, lower progesterone? Okay. So it can happen, but it's not a root cause analysis. Right, right. 
And so you started off by describing you have the insulin and then the insulin is talking to the ovaries. How does that start? Let's go all the way yeah, back, go back to the top. <laughs> okay. This is actually my favorite metaphor because I create, I don't know, I'm like the person who creates metaphors for my patients. So every time you eat something, it almost all of it becomes a form of glucose. So now this glucose is in your body and it needs to get into your cell. So I want you to imagine that insulin is like Uber. It picks up the glucose and it transports it to the cell. And if all goes right, it drops off its passenger at the cell and the cell says, thank you so much, that's great. And that is called insulin sensitive. I love insulin, thank you for everything you bring me. But we eat another slice of pizza, you know, another sandwich, and now we have a lot of glucose and a lot of insulin running around. They're trying to transport it to the cell and the cells are like, nah, dude, I'm good. Yeah. I am full. I don't want anymore. Yeah. And so the body's first response, because now we have a lot of passengers, the body's first response is to create more insulin because it's thinking, oh, probably we, I need more insulin. It's, it's trying to compensate. So we have what's called hyperinsulinemia, right? You have too much insulin. And this insulin, they all have passengers and they're all trying to put it into the cell. The cell does not want it. That argument is called insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. So now we have all this insulin running around, all this glucose running around, and it's going to start having effects on us. So the insulin tries, it tries really hard. The body tries really hard not to drop the glucose in the blood. If you drop it in your blood, finger stick positive, that's diabetes. Mm -hmm. So for years, it's going to do everything it can to keep, to, to not get diabetes. So you'll be in this insulin resistant stage for a long time. And what does it do? It creates belly fat. That's why we have this difficulty losing weight. And the reason it's around bellies because it's actually fat that's surrounding the organs, something mm -hmm. called visceral fat, which we really don't want, fatty liver. It creates cholesterol. And that's, and that's you know, so sometimes we'll see someone whose sugar is normal, the A1C is normal, but the cholesterol is high, their triglycerides are high. That's the body trying to compensate and kind mm -hmm. of put it in areas. Um, and then again, that insulin is now telling the testosterone to, um, telling the ovaries to create testosterone. So you have this kind of pre-pre-diabetic picture going on. This high insulin, your sugars are normal, your A1C is, could be very, very normal, but all this havoc has this downstream effect and one of it is hormonal, which is why it's not really a GYN problem, it's yeah. an insulin problem. And mm -hmm. that's from, for most patients. Yeah, now going back, something you mentioned about the belly fat, does that, relate to kind of how the presentation of someone that comes in to your office and they have uh, PCOS, how that presents with with kind of the, the, the larger central abdominal obesity along with some of the other symptoms. Do you think that's behind that presentation? Yes, that's why belly fat is more important. And you know, I know fat is a trigger word, so we're we're literally talking about a type of tissue when we say belly fat. Yes. Um. So just to, to clarify, and it's about proportion. It's not uh, about you know necessarily overall size, and this is not a weight conversation, because mm -hmm. um, I want to make sure we address that as well, because we know there's BMI is a problematic measure. So proportion is really important here, and if. Uh, the body is overall thinner and then you have the central fat that is a problem because it is not it is more of a dangerous fat than fat let's say in the legs mm -hmm. because it is it is taking your organs 
And instead of it being, let's just say, 100% liver cells, now some of that liver cells is now fat. Mm-hmm. And that means your organs are, over time, are not going to be functioning as well, which is sometimes why we see elevated liver enzymes, because the liver is struggling with this coating of fat. So to your point, yes, a lot of the presentation, people will say, you know, I just have this belly. Everything else is fine. I just have this belly. And it's really, again, back to the body's trying to compensate for all this extra glucose, and it's just creating this fat. Mm-hmm. So, how, so putting that all together then, what do you like to use to, to help diagnose PCOS? Obviously, you get an ultrasound. Let's say you don't really see much there. What else are you looking at? Or is you, are you doing insulin testing, sugar, all that kind of stuff, hormones? So certainly if the patients are A1C, in case for those not listen, who, your listeners who don't know, A1C is a measurement of diabetes. So if the A1C is already elevated, it's kind of a no-brainer. If you're anything above 5.7, along with these symptoms, you're insulin resistant. Um you could test for testosterone. Testosterone is often elevated or a higher um, range of normal. But there is a test called the insulin resistance score. Um, here it's done by Quest. It's covered by most insurances. It's not, you know, it's not a specialized functional medicine test. And what that does, um, it's actually testing exactly those things I just talked about. Instead of testing the sugar average, which is what A1C does, because remember, sugar average will only be relevant if that body's dropping that sugar and glucose, but it's not dropping it. So that A1C may not shift for you. So what they measure is how's the cholesterol, how are the triglycerides, Mm -hmm. what's the insulin levels, and it's looking at that periphery, what's the inflammatory markers. And it's looking at that periphery, knowing that if that algorithm is high, you could be insulin resistant for a long time. And it gives you a score from zero to 100. And the entire time your A1C could be normal. Mm-hmm. So that's a really great test to, to use. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and, and a lot of people don't realize that your the insulin, your body will just pump it out and it will kind of suppress that glucose or even suppress that A1C. But now you have this high insulin that's out there doing all of these other things. Um, yes. So you have to take a, a, a deeper dive. And I like the insulin resistance test. Yeah, it's, it's a great test. And, and you know what? Because for a lot of patients, they're like, you know, I'm probably eating too many carbs. And they go for their annual that A1C is normal. It makes them feel like, oh, maybe I don't need to make any changes because right. my A1C is good. <laughs> Right. So no, I, I didn't listen, but there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of doctors that are going to confirm that for them as well. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. hundred percent. I used to think A1C was an early detector when I first started. I was like, oh, A1C is great. I now know that A1C is late marker. Right. <laughs> How much insulin is it taking for that A1C <laughs> to be there? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So don't, don't rest on the A1C guys. Yeah. So you, you mentioned, um, you know, so when patients come and see you, they've often maybe already had the diagnosis. They got, they got, they got a couple scripts, you know, meds that they, that they want, their doctor wants them to start. What, what are the medications that you see that, that are commonly diagnosed? Um, and, and are they effective at all? Sure. Um, so so yes, the medications are going to be effective, just like blood pressure medication is effective. It's just not getting to root cause. And so, um, and if you are at the place in your life where medications where you want to be, that's okay. Take them instead of not taking them. I always want to, you know, make sure we're not telling people not to take their meds because it really depends on where you are in your life. If you can make the commitments necessary for lifestyle modification. Mm-hmm. So one, a kind of obvious one is birth control. 
So you're coming into your GYN, hey, my period's irregular, I can't figure it out, someday I skip a month, sometimes I get it twice a month. Birth control will solve that. It will make you regular, it will make you appear regular. And if you anyway need birth control, go ahead and use it, why not, right? You need, and you know, this is a problem for some, some women because like they need the birth control anyway. But it's not actually fixing anything, it's just creating, it's mimicking a cycle for you. And so this is important because sometimes people will be on the pill for during their, you know, they don't want to get pregnant. And then they decide they want to get pregnant. So now they come off the pill and they can't get pregnant. And they're like, wow, it's because I was on the pill for so long. No, it's not. It's because you have PCOS to begin with. And the entire time we did not address it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now we have to address it. I have that. I get a lot. I have a lot of patients who's like, man, I was on the pill. Now I have, you know, I have fertility issues, endometriosis. You know, I have another autoimmune like psoriasis, a hypothyroid. Now they're coming in because they're they're trying to have to conceive, and that becomes a problem. But the problem was already there, so so the birth control masked it. The other medication is metformin, and so here's another one. We know that in the medical world, that metformin is a diabetes medication, but the 34 year old who just went to her GYN thinks metformin is a PCOS medication. She does not know. The layperson does not know. So they're thinking again oh, wow, I have PCOS, here's a medication for PCOS. So I empower them like, no, 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 this is like a baseline diabetes medication. Yeah. Will it work? Sure. It will It will make you more insulin sensitive, but of course we could do that without that. And then there are medications like spironolactone, which helps with facial hair. Again, not getting to the root cause of why testosterone is elevated, it's bringing it down. And then there's of course acne medication. So the medications will work, but they're not curing anything. Yeah. So let's get, let's, get oh. to the root, let's get to the root cause, Dr. Crystal, mm-hmm. and let's treat it, right? Let's see. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Do you ever see it without elevated insulin? Yes. Okay. Because because you might not catch it on that day, right? Insulin. It fluctuates. Yeah. It fluctuates. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You might not catch it. So that is why, another reason why it's hard to diagnose and you have to kind of put the constellation of symptoms together as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is a, which is a, a better approach, right? Cause you're, you're looking at it more holistically. What's, what's, what the body's trying not to have diabetes. So how does it do that? It sho- shoves, shoves that sugar down the fat pathways and other exactly. things. So, so it keeps the sugar out of the blood, right? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's the thing. So let's move on to nutrients then. Like what, so what, is I so if the medications aren't treating the root cause, what does? <laughs> Maybe that's okay, a better yeah. question. <laughs> Excellent. So the goal from and I want to say most because there is a I, for your listeners there is a segment of the population that it's not an insulin resistant pathway that makes PCOS, and we could address that momentarily. But for the goal of over you know ninety five percent of the of the women with PCOS is to get you to be insulin sensitive. Right? We want that. We want your body to stop producing over too much insulin. We want your cells to, to welcome insulin back into their lives. That is the goal. The, the number one thing that I love, the number one tool I love to use, and it's completely free, is intermittent fasting. Right? It's, it's completely free. In fact, it, in fact, it saves you money. Right. <laughs> so intermittent fasting um, you know, at the new method, we promote something called 16 8. You eat for eight hours. You fast for 16. For those of you panicking, oh my God, 16, it includes your sleep time, right? So just as an example, you eat from 11 to seven, and then you fast, you go to sleep, you wake up at 11. 
what happens during that fasting time is it gives your body 16 hours or longer if you can handle it to really not have to process glucose. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. um, will you lose weight? Yeah, likely, but this is not, I don't advocate this for weight right. loss purposes. That's a side effect. It's really about insulin sensitivity. So for 16 hours, your body does not have to work. It does not have to process. Things calm down. Um, not just PCOS. There's so many other things that calm down when that happens, but things start to calm down. So intermittent fasting. And then during the day, during your eight hours of eating, you want to try to choose low carb options. And I, you know, as strict as you can handle it, I'm not saying zero carbs and please don't come at me with that broccoli is a carb. I know people will say this all the time on TikTok. <laughs> How could you say no carbs? Broccoli is a carb. I don't mean those carbs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other carbs, maybe non-starchy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe like the donuts, and you and like there, there's like they're so like there's such many like wise guys on on the internet. I'm like, yes, I know vegetables are carb. Everybody knows that's not what I mean. Um, so intermittent fasting, low carb, is where you really want to start. Um, and you know that's and that could be done. It doesn't mean. For those of you out there, it doesn't mean you have to meal prep and it doesn't mean you have to go crazy. It just means make better choices within the time frame. You'd be amazed how slow and steady small changes make a difference. Yeah. And then we could talk about like some some supplements that help as well. Like one of the classic supplements for PCOS is inositol. Inositol is a supplement that really has been shown to improve insulin sensitivity. So why not? So yeah. if you're improving, so you see it for PCOS, but the reason you see that on PCOS is because it's, it's it helps insulin sensitivity. Um, omega three is something we really want to put in there again, because yeah. omega three is known to show to bring down testosterone levels, improve that, improve lipid profiles, which we know we have these patients with cholesterol. So we know that's something that's going to help. Vitamin D for everyone, every day, always. Yeah. I don't care what's going yeah, on with that's you. Foundation. <laughs> yeah, that's foundation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, those are those are two really, you know, be, I mean, there's a whole list, but get those three on point and you're already, you know, you're winning. Yeah. Yeah. I and like you, that. Yeah, those those are new. Any lifestyle besides, you know, you talked about the, the eating. Um, what about exercise? Yeah. So I try not to use the word exercise. I try to say the word movement because so many people hate exercise. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> right? And we had, we had a whole conversation with Dr. Cruz. Remember that about? Yes, yes. You know, all, all, we've heard all of our lives. Oh, eat better and exercise. I mean, it, it, that's it. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> and I mean, I really do know people. I say the word exercise and I see it's like a trigger word for them. It's like the, <laughs> the whole face closes up. That's kind of me. That's kind of me. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's important. It's important to know that about our patients of our clients because because you could say exercise all day long they are literally not hearing you mm -hmm. and it's not exercise right we're it's not about going to the gym it's not about lifting weights it's mm -hmm. about creating movement in your actual daily life that you will do forever without a membership um without right. special equipment so and it could be also very very small you know if you're a patient that is has you know you're working virtually and you're home all the time, getting up every two hours for a five to 10 minute walk around the block yeah. is huge. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So, and, and so for a lot of people, they feel like it's either, or either I have the fancy outfit at the great gym or a personal <laughs> trainer. <laughs> or I do like nothing. somebody I know. 
I wonder who. Way. <laughs> I wonder who. I wonder who. Doctor. Look, fancy yeah. outfits. I'm in. <laughs> You know, like I work from home, my wife works from home. So we, in the morning, I'll say, hey, when do you have a break at Zoom? And she'll say, you know, two o'clock. I'm like, let's go for a half hour walk. That is huge. Midday walk. You know, a lot of my um, my team in the office during lunch, they take a walk. Yeah. Um, and that is what we mean when we mean my movement, mm-hmm. because that helps insulin resistance so much. Yeah. Wow. That's, this has been fantastic. I love, I mean, so eating well, not exercise, movement. Movement. There's a few supplements and stuff. And and I like what you said. You know, if, if somebody's at a place in their life where the meds are the best choice and the meds are the best choice, right? I, I think absolutely we have to accept where people are at sometimes and we can't force them into a place that they're not ready to go, you know? Um, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up again because a listener might be listening to this really wanting to make the changes right now. Would take and have these meds and be like, I really want to do this, and maybe they can't. Maybe they have three full time jobs. They're going through a divorce. I, I, like life is just complicated, and so they might be either debating whether to take the meds or in a place of a lot of negative self talk. Don't do that. Keep listening to this. These type of podcasts. Eventually, the space will come for you yeah. in your life where you can do it. But in the meantime, keep yourself safe and take the medications that you need, whether it's this or another issue. And, and you can come back to this. This is not going anywhere. Yeah. 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 I love that. I, that to me is what I, I really like about just integrative medicine and in, in, in how, you know, the, the, you, maybe you need the meds now, so go for it, take it. But when you start implementing some of these lifestyle changes, the dietary changes, maybe you need a little less of that med down the line, or maybe, mm-hmm. maybe eventually you don't need it at all. And so it's a journey. It's not like it has to be like right now, you know, hundred percent. Right. It's a journey. Yeah. I like that. What would you like to say to our, our listening audience just as kind of like the, the final thought? I, I really want to tell everyone that ex- in line of what you just said, it's just, it's small, steady steps. If you, in fact, if you try to do it all at once, go into many fastings, you have the smoothie, walk the, the 20 times a day, you know, do all these things, you're more likely to not succeed. Yeah. But if you take small steps that become part of your routine, that five minute walk, over time, you'll be surprised that you're doing a half hour walk. Because I, I don't know that about, about myself. You know, I, I was as an asthmatic, I couldn't run. I just started running one block and, you know, over time it became three miles. But slow, steady, small, celebrate the wins. And a year from now, you won't even believe how far you've come. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You're listening to Dr. Efrat uh, Lamandre or Dr. E. Um, how can uh, somebody get a hold of you? Where can they learn more about you? So the company's called The New Method, and new is spelled with a K because you guys always know there's a better way. So everyone knows. So The New Method everywhere, Instagram, TikTok, okay. YouTube, and even threads. Gotcha. Oh, you're on the, oh, look at that. You're, you're up to date. Yeah. Up to date. <laughs> That's awesome. So Dr. E, thank you so much for coming on today. Don't forget, you can go to liveforeverish.com where there's a lot of other podcasts that you can download, like, and share. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show. And our sponsor, Life Extension, because um, you guys are such a great audience, is offering you 10% off your entire order at lifeextension.com. So when you check out, just put in the discount code podcast and get your 10% off. Again, this is all at liveforeverish.com. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.